Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel It and a special Halloween episode. With me today is not Phil, but my friend James, and you may know him better from the internet as the king of thumbnails, Hot Cider. James, how's it going today? Ooh. Oh, sorry. I wanted to add some Halloween flair to the uh, episode. Uh, Kev- uh, Kevin, I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you doing? Uh, I, I'm doing pretty good uh, because today we're going to be talking about uh, one a creepy pasta, um, yes. which is completely different than something we normally talk about. Um, it's the Godzilla Monster of Monsters creepy pasta from about nine years ago, which is one of the most I would say one of the most popular video game creepy pastas that has ever been written. Mm, yeah, it was. Uh... December 4th, 2011 was when this uh, creepypasta first uh, came by, actually, because uh, I did decide to, you know, do a little bit of digging and, you know, see where these things come from. I mean, obviously- You with the research. Yeah, I decided to pull my trousers up and say, you know, even though I'm a guest on the podcast, I should be- I gotta pull my weight, you know? I gotta do a little bit <laughs> of research. I'll tell you what, though, the best kind of creepypastas are the ones which you can't find a date for, because that adds the mystery of them. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, no, this was... Oh, actually, yeah, so this was written between April 23rd and December 4th, 2011, which seems like a pretty long time between releases of creepypasta chapters. I mean, usually creepypastas don't have chapters, but... Right. As we're probably going to find out over the course of the episode, this is a very different creepypasta, and uh, length is one of those defining factors, I think. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has it definitely has some some chunk to it. Um, it is yes. it is longer than most things, most creepypastas I've read. Um, it is upwards. It is eight chapters, and some of the chapters mm. have multiple parts to them. Yeah, it is longer than most books I've ever read. So that's, uh, <laughs> it definitely was a challenge for me. Didn't have as many pictures as a lot of the books that I read, though. So, you know, <laughs> Saints and Roundabouts, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I will ask, though, Kevin, because uh, I will say the first time I read this creepypasta was because you recommended it to me. I had. Yeah. I had no idea about it. Well, funnily enough, as I read through it, there were certain images and certain bits of text which I have seen on the internet, like over the past few years, and like right. people's avatars and stuff like that. But I have never like come across this before. Like when you, I mean, the funny thing is, is kind of how it even came up was a strange thing because we were in a Discord and we were talking about, uh, well. Somebody had mentioned that they were talking about Gravity Rush, and then that came on to talk about Superman and Superman in video games. And then somebody was like, oh, it'd be good if you could play like an evil Superman where you smash buildings. Actually, better than that, has anybody made any games about kaijus? Right. And so like War of the Monsters and stuff like that. Rampage and and things like that, yeah. And then you mentioned, oh, have you ever read the Godzilla creepypasta? And like, those are two words when combined together. It's just such kind of like a strange thing that I'm like, no, I have I have no idea what you're talking about. So yeah, you sent it to me. And despite it being like one in the morning, my time, like I'm laying in bed and I'm reading this thing on my phone, which I'm going to say to the people at home, if you've never read this creepypasta before and you want a way to put yourself in a mood, 
reading it on a like reading it in a dark room on a phone is actually very effective. <laughs> and I'll kind of go into why that is as we kind of dig into the story a bit more. But like yeah. I was reading, I was like, yeah, this isn't. Yeah, th- like this is interesting. Like I've never <laughs> dug into something like this before. But I was going to ask, how did you come across it? You know, my memory is a little hazy, but it would have been it would have been like nine ish years ago that hmm. I read it, and I think it was it was a post on Kotaku, ah, like okay. nine years ago. Um, there was one of I don't even know who who posted it, which which of the writers posted it, um, but it they posted. Oh, check out this like really long Godzilla uh, creepypasta. And um, so I, I sat down and I read it and I think I was I feel like I was at work or something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was a really slow day. And I was like, OK, well, I can sit down and read this over lunch. Um, yeah, I got an so, hour to kill. Let's give it yeah. Break. Yeah. I got an hour to kill. Why not? And it does take a it does take you know a, a good amount of time to 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 read through this, and I I sat there and I read it, and one of the things about me is there's a lot of horror that has zero effect on me, but for some reason, uh, glitch horror. So okay. that that's things things regarding like computer glitches, horror centered around technology that gets right under my skin. And I remember the first time I read this uh, nine or nine or so years ago uh, from that recommendation on Kotaku, it was <laughs> it was all I could think about for days was was the contents of this story. And uh, so it wasn't until a couple days ago when we were figuring uh, your guest appearance and all that out that I was like, yeah, that's, you know, let's dive back into it. It. It's yeah, been in the back of my head for a while. A nice little bouncing off point, really. So when you kind of say glitch horror, because like I had been looking a little bit into sort of, you know, creepy passes and where they come from, and it's funny that kind of like you can almost sort of split them down the middle in regards to most of them are kind of well, most of them do kind of deal around either games that exist or games that mm-hmm. don't exist. And whenever it comes to games that exist, there's always some kind of like underlying horror to it that does manifest itself as kind of right. like errors and glitches and stuff like that but mm-hmm. i suppose just like in other terms like other kind of horror stuff i mean you kind of have like indie games and well i think kind of undertale might be the best example of that where it uses yeah the nature of how the game works and like to kind of scare mm-hmm. you right when it when it there yeah there are there are creepy ah. moments at the end of undertale my dog my dog wants to chime in on this <laughs> there are creepy moments at the end of undertale um yes. uh spoilers for undertale for a whatever year old game where yeah the the villain flowey basically force quits the game it takes the the game takes your agency for <laughs> your computer yeah. out of your hand and i was like ah i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> no, that and that, and it's like one of those moments which will always stick with me because it's such like a like it's you like it's basically the kind of Hideo Kojima thing of reading your memory card to spook you, but like taking it to the extra level of like, oh yeah, no, I I'm not in like 
something else is can control my the, the programs on my computer. I right. don't know how I feel about this. It's like again, it is like really effective horror. Yes, in that yes. This the psychomantis uh, interaction being uh yeah being the big thing from from Metal Gear Solid One. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where this all came from. And then there's been, as you mentioned, there's been a bunch of indie games that have utilized this. Um, and I, one of the things that made me think about this a few years ago is when I spoke to Erdorf, who was the creator Mm -hmm. of the horror games, uh, Faith and, and Faith 2, I think chapter Ah. three is, is going to be coming out, uh, this year, maybe. But yeah, he he created Faith and uh, which is an interesting game because it is based with like these Commodore graphics, right? It's super simple. And Mm. one of the things that he said inspired him was the idea that this was a game that existed in the late 80s during the height of the satanic panic. And it was just something, it was like a game that was just lost to time and it's just being found now. And that was, that was the concept of, of the way he developed it, which is very similar. That parallels a little bit what we kind of get into with this uh, Godzilla monster of monsters, creepypasta. Absolutely. Yeah. No, the faith games are great. And I'll even say like another thing kind of related to the, Godzilla story as well as that the thing that's so effective about them is that because it is like it's emulating the style of old kind of yeah Atari and ColecoVision games where everything with those games had to be left to the imagination and that's yep. like that's the playground of horror essentially yep. <laughs> it's the imagination yeah, yeah exactly but, yeah so why don't we get into the story a little bit so this sure the background of this story uh, for those who don't know, is that it was originally posted on uh, these forums. They were called the Bogleach forums. They don't yes. exist anymore. They were posted by a user named Cosby Daff, who, mm-hmm. um, using the Wayback Machine, I could see, used a kind of loony picture of Luigi as his <laughs> yes. avatar. It's a good, it's a good looking avatar. Yeah, it's a good looking avatar, and it's a. I think it's a nice off-brand Luigi that he's got going on there. Um, So, yeah, he started posting these April 23rd, 2011. And uh, James, as you mentioned, took a while to finish them. So they were on these forums that don't exist anymore. And then he also created a uh, blog spot that still Mm. does exist. It's nesgodzillacreepypasta.blogspot.com. So that's the... That's the location for it for the um, the the person who I guess more or less wrote the story. That's I get the most official location. The only thing is the the images. There's no inline graphics. It looks like I, I think no. the links might have been broken at some point. Um, well, there are in some spots, but other spots they're missing. Anyway, so that's that's the background of the story. We read a version that was posted on the creepypasta.fandom.com. Yes, we went to a fandom.com website. <laughs> Unfortunately so. Unfortunately so. Um, <laughs> but, but I will say, at least the pictures did. Um, at least they're all in line and at least it does all the, And again, another yeah. detail I will say, 
reading it on the phone, a lot of the kind of the extra layer of th- fandom stuff that's on top is all stripped out. Like it is as much of a clean experience as you can get right reading it. Reading it right. again on my computer, I don't know, a little bit of the horror has kind of diminished a little bit. Just from yeah, like... when you see the images up next to an ad for Hero Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly, or like <laughs> Ebony Online or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, I'm scared, but I also want to try and pull the pins and help this guy win gold, you know, and it's like, oh, I don't know, it's pulling me in two different directions, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, so, um, the, the, the story starts out, uh, with chapter one, Earth and Mars. So the Godzilla Monster and Monsters game, just a little bit more context for that. It was a game released by Toho, which is the studio that owns Godzilla back in 1988, uh, is produced by a company called Compile. Uh, they, Hmm. I don't think they are still around. Yep. Defunct 2003. Um, so and it was just it was it was just a side scrolling beat em up more or less, but with the with a few Godzilla monsters thrown into it. That's and that's all I'll, it was. And what I'll say about it is that kind of like I think that's a pretty good place to start off of Creepypasta anyways, because people know who Godzilla is, but I don't I think if you ask like the average person well, I think if you ask the average person, oh did you know he had an NES game, they'd probably go I mean, I did not off the top of my head, but yeah, that kind of makes sense. But like, they yeah. wouldn't—they likely would know it was called Monster Monsters. So right. it kind of fits nicely into it. Sort of splits the difference between like the usual creepy pasta, which is, oh, it's a familiar kids Nintendo game, but oh, there's there's a creepy underlying element to it. So like, you know, your Sonic EXEs or your like your Ben drowns and stuff like that. Right. And then the other side of stuff, which is. I went to a car boot sale and I found this old grey NES cartridge and all it had was a sticker on it that said kiss.exe. I don't know what this means, so I put it in my... And, you know, and it's like a game that doesn't exist. This works because it's a game that does exist, but very few people actually know about it. Yeah, it was. it's a somewhat obscure, like, it's it's... It's mid, as the kids say. The game is yeah, it's pretty mid. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's neither. It's neither cringe nor based. Is what I was saying. <laughs> Although one thing I, I I think one thing I will say is that the person who created the creepy did kind of have a nice place to start from because, in general, Godzilla's kind of creepy to look at. Any anyway. yeah, because I mean, that that was the intent. Was that obviously in the original Godzilla, he is just. He's a guy in a suit, but it is like this lumpy leather monster with crazy eyes. And it makes sense because the thing is a creature born from nuclear war. Like it's not meant to look natural at right. all. And then with the likes of Shin Godzilla and stuff, they kind of exaggerate the talents. And then you try and recreate some that already looks inhuman on the NES. And despite the fact that the sprites are pretty big and are pretty detailed, yeah, it just looks it just is very unsettling looking. It is. One, one thing I noticed as well, because I decided, oh, the, the game itself probably isn't that bad. And uh, yeah, from watching a, watching a playthrough of it, the, the game itself actually seems pretty fun. I can understand why this guy, won, uh, why the person in the story wanted to get the NES game back, because it's pretty good. You had some but, nostalgia uh, for it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, so, because black is the background color in this, um, Godzilla, Godzilla's eye is also black, which means it's transparent. So the moment he goes over 
any other graphic, it just starts flickering different colors. It is so unsettling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that old NES trick of if, oh yeah, there's just there's just a transparency here now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, black is transparent. Yeah, anything black is transparent. So, uh, oh, I can see through Godzilla's eye. Oh, that's not very nice at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so but, uh, chap- yeah, chapter yeah. one starts out with basically this the the protagonist uh, Zach, I believe is the name. Yeah. the name's not revealed until the end. I don't believe, but the protagonist's that's- name is Zach and. He's been looking for a copy of Monster of Monsters and his friend Billy, which is just the that's the that's the default friend name, I feel, for a lot of these types of stories. I was was thinking about this because, yes, so he said when I was 10 years old, I got Monster Monsters. Now, he says when he was 10 years old, he loved Godzilla. Now, assuming this guy's an American, which if he's got a friend called Billy and he's playing on an NES, that seems pretty likely. So... If he played this game in 88 and this story came out in 2011, the guy's got to be 30 at the time, right? Yeah, something like that. Who, at the age of 30, calls themselves Billy? Yeah, that's the thing. Is <laughs> I, that I, Billy Zane? Oh, yeah. Actually, no. So, like, Billy Joel. I think that, Billy like, Joel. That's a guy from the 50s. So, like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. You've got, oh, Billy Zane or Billy Idol. But yeah. I don't know, a 30-year-old guy in 2011 calling himself Billy Dunson, unless he's doesn't also right. still wearing short pants and a striped shirt, doesn't striped seem correct. Striped shirt, an unbranded baseball cap, you know. Yeah, backwards. Um, <laughs> he's still got, he, he draws freckles onto his face because he no longer has them anymore. And he's and he, and he rides to your house on his uh, bicycle and he goes, yo, dude, I got this NES game for you. Yo, but, I got it at a garage sale. Want to check it <laughs> yeah. and kick it? With the, I I I lost my '90s references for some reason. Zima, oh, Zima. Zima's you want to you want to pop open a Zima and? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have myself a surge cola and I'm gonna enjoy Godzilla monster monsters. <laughs> so, God. Yeah, the game is uh, so basically the game seems normal uh, yes. in chapter one up until he fights Gazora. And basically the game eats Gizora and turns the screen into like a bunch of eyeballs or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's pretty freaky. It's like it starts to almost kind of like the texture of blood starts to come in. And I will say this is probably one of the best selling points of this creepy pastor is that there are a lot of screenshots to go along with it to kind of right. like sell a lot of the ideas that are going on. And what I will say is again. Reading this on the phone was actually pretty effective because of the screen size. Yep. Yeah. The moment you you moment you look at these images a little bit larger, some of the illusion is broken a little bit. But yeah, just a tiny bit. You can tell, like, oh yeah, that's just like a you know, Photoshop, like like drew mm. the bounding box over and scaled it up type of. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And like with this kind of red paint effect, it's almost like he got the spray can tool in uh, MS Paint and went, okay, dab there, dab there. Dab. Oh, yeah, looking good, looking, looking, this is looking sharp. This is looking spooky. I like it a lot. <laughs> so um, basically the game's just, in chapter one, the game st- seems normal-ish. It just keeps getting a little bit weirder and weirder. Uh, uh, Gazora gets consumed by the game and turned into eyeballs and hmm. uh, Maguera is twice its normally si- normal size 
Yeah, and... my, well, one of my favourite lines in this, which is, Magroa was twice the size he should have been, which startled me. Which, <laughs> I feel like I say that about the t- about any time I see my cousin's children, just like, they're, they're twice the size they should be, and that's I find that very startling. <laughs> These children are getting way too big, and that's, yeah, that I, is I, upsetting. I remember, I, I remember when they were the size of maybe two bags of sugar on top of each other. I don't like them getting any larger than that. But <laughs> if they if they get no large, if if they stay under five foot, I will be fine with that. But any bigger than that, and that's kind of yeah how this guy feels about Maguro. Which again, this is quite early on, so seems very weird, but nothing totally out of the ordinary yet. Yeah, uh, Titanosaurus is a little bit taller. The thing that where it finally breaks, though, is um, he finishes the Earth level, and instead of going to Jupiter as if it's spo- as the game is supposed to, it is going to a level called Pathos. Yes, Ooh. all of the levels of um, so yeah, I decided to do a little bit of looking into that, and the levels, the level names, and the creepy past make a little bit more sense when you kind of know what the story is about. Because yeah, in the usual, in the regular Monster Monsters, uh, it's about Earth's getting attacked by Planet X, so Godzilla and Mothra have to go to all the different planets. So you go to Jupiter and Mars and all that sort of stuff. Oh no, here you, you got to you got to Paphos instead, which you are uh, going to going to sadness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah so it's like um things get wildly different now because the first the one of the bosses um how do you say that a biolante uh which uh yeah something like that which is which he basically he declares that would have been impossible because biolante didn't come out until 19 wasn't introduced into the canon until 89 and this game was 88 yeah I will say one thing that I do find funny about this, which I think if you've ever read a creepypasta before, you kind of know what this is. But if this is like kind of your first one, the sort of the thing that you kind of have to take the rub with it is, is that like these are kind of your modern day horror stories, but they're kind of delivered in the way of like a game facts effort. Like, yes, yeah, it, exactly. So in this one, like the guy's kind of writing it like, oh, here's my recollection of it. Like, hey, if you ever get this haunted NES cart, here's some tips and tricks for uh, how to beat the game. <laughs> and my favorite detail is that he goes to Pavos and he goes, well, I know this is a new level because although the background looks like the board of Jupiter, it's got different colors. And it's he says at the beginning of the story, he hasn't played this game in 20 plus years now. How yeah. does he remember the color the of the board in yeah. Jupiter of all things? <sighs> I mean, yeah, he re- God, you I have know, to kind he- of ignore certain things. The game, <laughs> the it, the uh, a horror when you when you're when you're getting your horror through a game facts walkthrough. Um, yes, <laughs> I mean, granted, I'll give it that. Like. I mean, a lot of horror is built on kind of the unexpected. I mean, you know, the yeah. best example of that is, say, I mean, it's not really a horror film, but From Dusk Till Dawn, where you go in expecting it to be a Tarantino gangster movie, and then literally at the halfway mark, it turns Surprise, into vampire. Surprise, vampires. Yeah. Surprise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Surprise, vampire movie. Uh, well, this is kind of like, it's tricking, it's kind of lulling you into a false sense of security because it is this 
it's kind of you know i i don't think it i think the writer knows exactly what he's doing like he's delivering yeah. it in the style of a dry game fact which means that when you get to kind of these weird elements like not only does it show an authority on the protagonist meaning that they are still within their right mind which means that these scares have a bit more weight to them but it also catches you a little bit off guard which yeah yeah the pictures certainly do help with that right as well yeah the once you we start you start getting into the weirder pictures um like basically the sky is like oh things are the same but not quite the colors are swapped and then different enemies start popping up and then uh there's there's new bosses like the bosses are being slowly replaced um yes. so magera or however you say that is replaced by a flying machine and gizora is is turned into this crazy and this is one of the I think this is one of the enemies that creeped me out the most was this blue um, with the like the backwards knees. This. Oh, yeah. The, the light blue with a brain ish kind of head and and single eye. I didn't like that one so much. <laughs> no. And I'd love to know. And again, this was me wanting to dig in a little bit more kind of like what the inspirations were, because like. A lot of the designs kind of have a kind of a guy a Giga quality to them, especially later on. There's you know a lot of alien influence, but then right with stuff like this with the backwards knees, it almost kind of feels a bit like um like really low budget like B movie horror movie stuff like extra sure. and stuff like that. Where yeah, no, it it and it and it does work. And then again, if you've never played a Godzilla game or no, if ever seen a Godzilla film, you go, oh, maybe this is just you know, maybe, maybe this, yeah. this is just the guys he fights against. I don't see yeah. any issue with it. Yeah, if you were, if you ha- if you don't know a ton about Godzilla, and I don't know much, like my my knowledge of the Godzilla canon is not vast or deep or what have you. Yeah, I could I could definitely be like, oh, it's a, it's a guy. It's a it's a. That looks like hey, there could have been a dude in a suit, I guess, or an animatronic of that at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, um, I, I I do have to say, just for the people at home and also for Gavin, I'm unfortunately the only Godzilla, ca- the only Godzilla no I I know, which I think is canon, is the Jamiroquai Deeper Underground video where the guy's <laughs> dancing in the movie theater while Godzilla's attacking it. I'm pretty sure that's canon. That's, God, yeah. Know. That was peak you know, Godzilla movie yeah, that was, right there. That, that was Godzilla at his most Godzilla. Absolutely. Yeah. The platonic <laughs> ideal of Godzilla was a Drew Miroquai music video. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um... So mm. the the writer, the protagonist is noted is talking about how more and more things are getting weird uh, and faces off against Biolante. Um, and then there's this the the guy who did this did a mm. really good job of creating pixel art for a, a boss that wasn't even in the game. I yeah. like I, I give him that and like this is really cool. Um, I, I, I mean, w- it's still a little too good for the NES in terms of resolution, I think, but it's yeah. it's pretty well done. As an antagonist, if, if it's who I think you're going to mention, as an antagonist designed for a creepypasta, it is very much punching above, it, it is very much punching above its weight. It is a very oh, yeah. cool design. Yeah, yeah, the, um, 
So basically, he he beats Biolante and is introduced to a level with a red. There's just a red mask uh, on the tile, mm. and uh, he the the prompt is simply run, <laughs> which <laughs> something about the the prompt to run is is always a little unsettling, especially when there's no other context around it. I don't know what it is in horror where where that's just where where we see that and it's just just do it. And yeah, something about it gets under my skin. So so once this happens where it's just run. <laughs> like, OK, I, I mean, even in general, I think a single white word on just complete on a complete sparse black screen is incredibly unsettling. To the point that I've always had this stupid idea for a website, which is purely just like a picture of a skull and then a countdown underneath it. Now, the countdown isn't counting down to anything in particular. It's just a countdown on a black screen paired sure. with a skull. And my thought was always, how long would it take for somebody to take this website down? Because they just find it incredibly unsettling. Yeah, exactly. Like, do they think is this is this website a threat or something like that? Or are we yeah, gonna is it have a to? Threat? Is it like a? <laughs> is it when I'm gonna die? Is it when? Um, is it when the school's coming out? Like a film about schools or something? I don't understand. What yeah. Mean. And yeah. then when the countdown finishes, it just says the text says the countdown has finished. Thank you. <laughs> even even scarier than that, it finishes and it says, now buy the non fungible token for this skull. <laughs> <laughs> we have a invest now this ethereum backed skull it's an <laughs> nft give me your wallets nerds <laughs> <laughs> so basically there's this red mask on the map and the the only thing left to do on the level is to to put godzilla over top of it and select the 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 stage and we're talking about how it just prompts you to run, and when you start running, there's this thing, this hmm. skull-faced red lizard thing with spider legs that begins chasing you. Yeah, basically, it, to describe to people at home who haven't seen what this guy looks like, it's basically like, what if Mr. Magoo's face had no eyes or teeth and was on a scorpion's <laughs> body? Essentially, <laughs> and he and it was all red. Yes. Which, what if you... funnily enough, that's the name that the protagonist gets very smartly. This it's the red. protagonist looks at this character, clicks his fingers, and goes, "Red." That's that's what I'm going to call you, bud. You're red. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's he, he. It's an instant death if if red touches your your creature. Um, and he, he escapes it, thankfully, our, our hero who, uh, escapes red. And then they move, he moves on to the next chapter, the next level of the game, which has now been called trance. Yes. And he said the theme, the it map music, like the theme the tune th from video, video drone. I was like, which, <laughs> uh, for the people at home, if you've never heard it, it basically, Sounds like a dot matrix printer mixed with screens, essentially. <laughs> Which, how they managed to do that on the NES, I mean, you know. 
that's yeah. quite impressive. I'll say that. But, I um, will say that for working that out into that that uh that music chip. God bless you. <laughs> no, and I mean the protagonist does often say as as non as anachoristic elements comes up. There was no way this game was made in 1988, which. Actually, I think I guess Video Drum would be a. Pro I think that actually that did come out before 1988. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. It, oh, there it we was, go. Is one of the. Um, I just want to check. Yeah, 1983. It was one of the three movies that were. Um, it was oh, Videodrome yeah. and uh, American so Werewolf in London. In London, and The Thing were all in production uh, at the same time, around the same like time. It was like the, the return studio. of the Universal Monster. They yeah, were the Universal Monster. Universe. And yeah. it's it's weird because Videodrome is like, I don't think that <laughs> that would fit into the Universal Monster canon yeah, at all. I, I, can't, I can't imagine in the 1930s, like, even though videos wouldn't have existed, but that's not the point. I couldn't see Bella Lugosi playing James Wood's sleazy <laughs> character from Videodrome. <laughs> With Debbie Harry's face appearing on a, on a, like a projector screen or something like that. If we're, yes. if we're moving the technology back, yeah. <laughs> oh, Bella pulling an old fashioned musket out of his chest. <laughs> God. Oh, that would have been good though. If I, I would, uh, I do just want to imagine Bella doing. Oh, that. even oh, do, and do you know what have even been even better? Abbott and uh, Abbott and Costello meet the video drone. Abbott and Costello. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yes, that would be that would be uh, that would be quite good. I'd like that. That that would be a classic film. A, a, that would a be a classic film. Absolutely. So oh. um, so yeah, the the more anachronistic stuff starts uh popping up in the in the um game uh such as orga which uh, did not create it was not created until the year 2000 um so things are getting a little weird and then the quiz levels start appearing i will say before we get to the quiz levels there is a funny there is a line in this which i do think is quite funny sure. when he is talking about the anarchistic elements which is those guys at toho may be smart but i'm sure they couldn't see that far into the future if they could they never would have given Roland Emmerich the rights to make a Godzilla movie. <laughs> like, this guy's scared out of his mind that this game is, like, getting under his skin. But he's still taking the time yeah. to, like, crack jokes. He's still, he, he's still gonna burn <laughs> Roland Emmerich for the his Godzilla movie. <laughs> I mean, it would have been egg on his face if he got further in and, uh, you know, a tiny pixelated Matthew Broderick turned up and said, that's a lot of fish. <laughs> God. Oh God, uh, that movie happened. <laughs> it, it sure did. The best thing that came out of that movie, as as I know, is the uh, is Deeper Underground by Jamiroquai. So. <laughs> <laughs> as is correct, the the, uh, the what we have determined is the platonic ideal of Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. so oh, there was an, there was one more line before the quiz as well, which was so all the way through. He's like, "This is pretty bad," but. I mean, this is still within the realm of possibility, but he thinks about Billy, and he's and here's the horror line. Here's the big this is the big horror thing, which is Billy didn't know how to make a rom hack. 
It's like such a funny line in her character. It is. It's like Billy doesn't know how to make a ROM hack. Like, (laughs) well, the name Billy, as we've determined, is absurd. Billy is already a funny name for a 30 year old man to have. (laughs) And, uh, you know, Billy might be messing with him, but he can't mess with me that much. I know Billy inside and out, and I know that he could not make a ROM. Actually, no, he goes on and he says, but if he could make a ROM hack, it probably wouldn't be this complex. It would be full of uh, genitals and stuff like that. And it's like, well, there's a lot of guy, there's a lot of Giga stuff coming up, but yeah. so, yeah. uh, bite your tongue a little bit. Bite your tongue a little bit. There are some, there are some possible peens coming up. Yeah. <laughs> and there's um, he he also asks, is it even possible to put a hacked ROM into a cartridge? The answer is yes, that is... Yes, it is. It is possible. <laughs> uh, if you have a copy of um, the SNES game Winter Games, you can uh, put uh, Star Fox 2 on that because it has a Super FX 2 chip in it, so... No. Well, there you go. Recommend- that's my Halloween. That's my Halloween trick or treat uh, recommendation to the people at home. So, so slap Star Fox Two onto Winter Games and uh, yeah. then play it with a with an original SNES, and you'll be doing yeah. that. And you'll have a great time. <laughs> you'll have a great time, and that's the hot cider guarantee. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um. So, James, yeah. do you like dogs? <sighs> Dogs are pretty good, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's what the quiz level start asks our our friend Zach is whether he likes dogs, and uh, these quiz levels are it's it's a really weird turn, but I think it also shows that the author has relatively good control of what he wants to do with this game with this story. Because yeah. it's like it's such an absurd concept that, that these quiz levels pop up. But at the same time, it's not that out of the realm of possibilities for a Nintendo game from the 80s to have something really weird like this just slapped into No, it. exactly. To have this kind of mini game element to bulk out the rest of the experience. Yes, yeah. no, absolutely right. And that being said, I can't imagine like, you know, Family Feud or whatever would ask some of the questions that come up in this. Although it'd be good if it did. Yeah, it would be. It would be. I think Family Feud would be a lot more interesting if it would. If 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 Steve if Steve Harvey came out and said, "All right, we asked a hundred people, do you like hurting people?" <laughs> Survey says. <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 ding. Yes. Yes. A hundred out of a hundred answered yes. <laughs> hundred out of a hundred said yes. I like to share the pain. <laughs> <laughs> then Pidhead uh, comes out. Uh. <laughs> um, of course, the protagonist does say to all of this, wow, maybe this is why the game was so weird. One of the designers was clearly drugged out of his mind. As we all know, uh, terrifying elements like that does come at the expense of uh, uh, psychedelic drugs. So, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a pretty common thing, and it's less, I feel like it's less common in storytelling now to just yeah. blame blame uh, twisted things on either drugs or psychosis. Um, because, let me tell you, uh, neurotypical, straight, uh, straight-laced neurotypical people could have some of the weirdest things. <laughs> stuff going oh, on in their uh, in their minds 
I think the Sims, the, the the classic Simpsons joke about it kills all Newton of that, where they get Otto in to voice Pooch, and he's like, "What were you guys smoking when you came up with this?" And the animator sticks his head out and says, "We were eating rotisserie chicken. Now eat, now read the line." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. It's it's like that's that is the that is the great that is the um a perfect rebuttal to that kind of oh they must have been on something. It must be something. <laughs> I like the faces that the quiz has as well. They give me a vibe of like really old like BB code forums. Like yeah. kind of that like little hand yeah, like very if this, if I hadn't found the forum that this was on, I would have almost thought this came from like the something awful forum or something because right, they had that that kind of like how those emojis used to look. Yeah, was back it? when back when those those emoticons were just like they were cuss they were uh, for each forum that existed they had their own set that they created. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. But they would also have like a kind of couple of commonalities of like right. You, you know, like Edison, you know, watching his rivals to make his light bulbs better. Like, oh, that forum has a ninja emoji. We're going to have a ninja emoji as well. And funnily enough, this quiz also has a ninja emoji in it, and I'm not quite sure why. I'm not sure either. And I, what's really funny is that um, the quiz, the quiz section, you don't ne- necessarily need to read or thoroughly understand everything he writes this is probably, I would say, the Tom Clanciest he gets in the story <laughs> because yeah. it's just so much detail about these these emoticons. It feels like Tom Clancy talking about like a a, a, a jet or something like that. Oh no, exactly. Where he's describing it down to like you know what kind, how much fuel, how many cubic centimeters of fuel you can put in the engine and stuff like that. <laughs> I, all the way along, like even in the previous chapter, he was like, "The song should be the same, but there's there's a significant distance. Every fourteen seconds, there is a loud noise, and then the song slows down by this much percent." And it's like, if I was scared out of my mind, I'd well, even if I was completely, if I if I was completely functional, I would not notice those details, especially of a game that I haven't played in nearly twenty years. Yeah, but, but yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, hey, he's writing a he's writing a game fact about. He's writing uh, a game fact, so he has to a lot of detail has to be put into this, Absolutely. or else the nerds will be angry. But there is something cool that comes out of the quiz, though. Yeah, which is uh, he gets a new monster to play with. Yeah, he gets a he gets a brand new monster. Um, what was it? The um, Angurius, I believe. Angurius, yes. Which he famously. Much like the beginning of Goodfellas, the famous line at the beginning of Goodfellas, he says, ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to play as Ingurious. But then it isn't followed by um, um, Rags to Riches, which would have been very funny. <laughs> so Ingurious is is basically the Sonic of <laughs> Godzilla yeah. monsters. Uh, he can roll up into a ball and do like a spin attack or, or something like that. Um, but Basically, he gets Angurius on the dementia level um, after after doing the quiz. And there's these. The game begins to drift further and further and further, and he gets into this level where just called unforgiving cold, 
where he, <laughs> yes. he has to walk through uh, a level of just these frozen screaming faces for seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Like seven minutes is is such a long time in a video game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like at that point, I'd just be kind of like, I mean, I probably would have tapped out a little while earlier because, like, it's, it's asking me all these very kind of personal questions, and I'm like, I don't know, but a lot of this doesn't really apply to me. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling this, but yeah, um, yeah, just walking through a seven minute level of nothing but yeah, frozen enemies is, is a big ask. It's a huge ask for me. I, I do not have the time to, to let that happen to my life <laughs> um, yeah absolutely um but yeah the the level continues uh, he's fighting against new bosses and and replacement bosses um this is so i understand the story is basically trying to cover the entire game but also at mm. the same time the middle of the story feels get is where it gets feels a little bit slow because there's so much game to cover there's like such a huge gap to fill until we really get to some of the big turns um of the of the game yeah and i would say that that's almost quite i definitely think that's intentional because one element that I found the first time I read it and then a little bit when I reread it but not so much the next time was you would get these enormous blocks of text which is very kind of matter of the fact describing stuff so you end up kind of speed reading a lot of it right and as I was doing that bam like you would like come face to face with like just this really weird image or like really evocative sentence. It's like, oh, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, accidentally like scratching a car with your own as you're like kind of absentmindedly driving. It's just like genuinely shocking. And right. I think a lot of this story, like again, as I said, this kind of like almost game facts style delivery is lulling you into this kind of comfort zone that these scares, you know, they're, they're effective scares because of that. Because yep. you are like such in kind of like a mellow place that they can hit a lot harder as a result. Right. Yeah, because the, some of the biggest scares don't start, they really start happening in Chapter 5 when um, the quiz... The quiz takes away everything, everybody but Mothra. And now he has uh, to. <laughs> Another great line, which is Face had just fucked me over. <laughs> That's what he calls the quiz. He just calls it Face. Face. Face giveth and Face taketh His away. Face taketh away. Face <laughs> fucked me. <laughs> it's like he cares. Again, it's the Goodfellas thing. Face fucked me over. God <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, and yeah, he's he's just stuck with Mothra then. Yeah, he's flying around with Mothra. He's he's now in some, and this is where it's almost like oh, the game is almost becoming uh, an immersive sim because Mothra yeah. is flying through these levels where there's there's uh, there's Very animals. Detailed. 
deer yeah. monster. Yeah. yeah. There's these deer monsters that they don't attack you. They're just kind of there and they have their own simulation loop. And then they're, they're being attacked by base, these upright Raptors. raptors. Yeah. And um, so it's like, that's kind of interesting. And then <laughs> there's these TV screens, TV screen levels. Oh where, yeah. The TV screens. Yeah. The, the, that, the boy with the beaver head. The bo- boy with pop. Yeah, when you, <laughs> he clicks on it, it basically just plays this gif of a boy with a beaver head with a green and blue striped shirt and licking a lollipop. And it no, just sits there. It does, yeah. And it, and the, the funny thing is, that, so throughout this creepypasta, which again is also like, that's another extra layer to how well these screenshots are done, is that some of them are animated, yeah. including this one of him licking the lollipop. Now, they only rarely use it for anything horrible and like all the way through I was kind of like if I was like if I was to redo this or whatever I'd occasionally have it so like the ones that you think are static occasionally like a monster looks in your direction or whatever and then turns sure. back and like yeah. it happens so quickly that you have no idea whether it did it or not and right like that's what these kind of these tv shows kind of have the quality of it but I also think as well like the right is very good at peppering in a lot of kind of um, I think it must just be kind of like an idiosyncratic humor that he had because I was digging in and I was like have these got any kind of when you have the story in focus sure do these have any additional meaning to them and I don't think they do I think they are just meant to be these very kind of like they're evocative images but they're not really meant to evocate anything it's just there to keep you on your toes essentially but right exactly um yeah, so the the TV the TV images are they are basically the new um our new element that get introduced now in in chapter 5 as just something another nuance to the world. Um and he continues flying th- fighting through these levels the the monsters are getting weirder and weirder and he yeah. returns to that forest level where he saw the deer and now the deer are it's it's snowy and the deer are all frozen to death. Yeah, he went to, uh, like, a... I was wondering with this part whether this whether this was meant to be allegorical or of, of anything, because he's picking... Because earlier on, Mothra's picking up, like, um, sand timers and stuff like that, and then he goes to, like, a nuclear waste plant, and it's like, oh, is this meant to be, like, a story in miniature of industrialization? Oh, the world is dying. Oh, no, it's <laughs> nuclear winter, stuff like that. And, oh, you're seeing it from the eyes of Mothra, which... I'll say, by the way, uh, the right, the protagonist of the story, not a fan of Mothra. Not a fan he of says Mothra. Very straight at the beginning, not a not a fan. The fact that I'm having to be forced to play as Mothra, not good. I think it's a shame. Mothra, Mothra's quite a good looking sprite. It's got the most colors of anybody else in the game, and yeah, you can fly around like Kirby. What's the problem? What's but, the problem? Uh, and Mothra is of the of the Godzilla monsters from what I, from the limited research I've done. Mothra is the mo- more heroic of them. Yeah. yeah Mothra is kind of like the protector of Earth. So, yeah. like, why not? No, exactly. Well, I, I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. The, the, the protagonist, he's got his, uh, I don't know, he's got his priorities all over the place. So all, over the, all over the map. All over but the map. Yeah, once we get to the snow zone, all the deer are dead and 
Um, oh, he mentions sloths as well. They become like the new delicacy for the raptors. Yeah, the raptors are ripping apart these sloths with some, some, uh, and here on like once you when you're reading this on a phone screen, it's harder to tell when you're looking at it on on a, a, a monitor. Be like, mm. oh yeah, these the raptor graphics are um, way too high. DPI. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, the deer in particular look like, and it kind of reminds me of, like, it almost reminds me a little bit of AM2R where it's a bit of a clash of styles between, because they use for the most, the, the creator of it uses for the most part the NES sprites, like Godzilla right. and Morpher and stuff like that never changes. But then the deer, are, yeah, they're way, the, the rendering on them is way too high detail, but to the point that they they're not as, like, rounded or like is they don't have as much volume as like any of the monsters do so it's all it's almost like kind of very high rendered stick figures which right. i think kind of does lend them a bit of an additional creepy quality because sure of that. They, they're uncanny uh, yeah and i will say um respects to the writer of this creepypasta because when the raptors are eating the sloths uh there is detailed blood coming out of them he does not say the classic creepy pasta line of the blood looked very realistic, more realistic than an NES could handle. Yeah, yeah, he does point out like, yeah, this is the like he he calls out the fact that the graphics yeah. look weird or better or different than than they should on an NES. Hmm. Uh, but he's also, I mean, he's pretty hooked in at this point because earlier on he also says that. Um, the music was a sort of short looping of an ambient synthesizer song. Listening to it made me feel like I had sniffed some toxic fumes myself, and it was messing with my head the whole time. I even felt like I was choking while playing this level. Now, I've played a lot of bad games, so yes, yeah. and at no point have I ever felt like, uh, you know, that I've never, I've never wanted, I've never felt like the music in a video game has had that kind of effect on me but that being said there is such a thing as like uh synesthesia and stuff like that where you True. know certain sounds and smells can you know, trigger other stuff trigger perhaps. other sensations exactly perhaps this protagonist may have undiagnosed synesthesia that might have been the whole solution to this entire that's, story that's that's the know. entire story is synesthesia mixed <laughs> yeah. with grief i guess which we yeah. will be finding out soon. Oh, we're going to find out about that very quickly, actually. Because, yeah, as you said, en Entropy is the chapter where this is the turn, essentially. This is where the... Th this, is, this is when the card is turned over and you're basically told what this is about, essentially. Yeah. So after f f beating the Moon Beast, uh, Ooh, respects yeah. to... Uh, which you know what I'm gonna assume that's this is where uh, Miyazaki got the idea for the the Bloodborne boss. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like a thousand percent. This is a and the guy even said that like, this is based on a dream I had. Which you know, shout out to the developers for getting somebody's dream into a video game. I think, but yeah, the egg, um, the moon cracks like an egg. A little person falls out of it into the water. And then, yeah, it turns into a big old moon beast that looks straight out of something from Bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat um, that, <laughs> that, that that it does feel almost like a the uh, like a cleric beast or what have you. 
um, from mm. Bloodborne, but this predates Bloodborne by uh, four years or so. Oh, absolutely. So it's it's pretty interesting. Um, so after de- dealing with the Moon Beast, though, we get a little backstory on the character mm. of Zach um, and his friend Melissa, who uh, yes. was his girlfriend when he was in middle school, and she would go into episodes. Now, the episode, um, the episodes that he describes in the back of my mind, they, they sound like something that I've heard of. Um, is, is it a grand mal seizure or? Yeah, I, I feel the same. I, 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 again, I, I have never really dealt with it myself, but yeah, I know what you're kind of talking about. So there's, so. it's, it's like, it's a type of seizure where the person, you don't realize that the person is having a seizure. They're just kind of sitting there. Um, mm. and, but they'll, when they snap out of it, they're not really going to remember, um, a whole lot of, of what just happened. There was, there was actually a girl in my elementary school who was, um, I remember going into third grade. She had been in third grade the previous year and she was repeating third grade because um, they discovered that she was having these seizures during the school day and at her desk and not learning. She she couldn't learn anything. She it was. Yeah, it's it's very sad. And I mean, they figured out they figured it out and they were able to start treatment for her. But it was. um, Yeah, it was. It's it's very terrifying. so he has this girlfriend, Melissa, who would go into these episodes and um, she yeah. gets she has during an episode one night, she runs out into the road and gets hit by a car and dies. Yeah, they are laying in a field looking up at the stars. Uh, she has one of those. And yeah, she is hit by a truck to the point that he I'm not going to repeat it because he does describe in detail how it looks, but. There is a fun, well, it's not a fun detail at all, but it is detail of that, which is how her neck looked, which is recreated on the Moon Beast. Yeah. Which, going back and rereading, I was like, that is very, like, for a creepypasta, that is incredibly good attention to detail. Very subtle, too. They, he doesn't mm. call it out that it's, like, the, the Moon Beast's neck. But when you look, go yeah. scroll back up and look at the moon beast, you're like, oh. <laughs> and yet he will go into detail saying that this isn't the song that I would remember from this. Yeah. Fact, the, uh, usually the, it's in three quarters time, but this is actually done on five, six, which is very weird. But, um, you know, I, I didn't think of it much at the time. Yeah, it's he, he he'll go into detail on the text, but the subtext is is tastefully handled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I think is maybe the best way to handle it, in all honesty. So he kills the moon beast, and then these. this is where I think I started getting chills the very first time I read it. Goes to a black screen, and after he tells the backstory about his, his old girlfriend, Melissa, the screen just reads in red text, Melissa, and then changes to the words, kill yourself, and then mm. the word kill fills the screen, and this chapter ends with, with that, offensive. with the evil Mr. Magoo face. With Magoo. With Magoo made out of the word kill. Yeah. yeah it it's an unsettling image to look at. Uh-huh. And um, when, scro- when you're me 
at one in the morning in your bed and you're like, oh, let's get to the good stuff. Let's scroll through. Yeah, when you get to that, that, uh, yeah, that works. <laughs> that's an effective image. That's that's a good image right there. That's that really. <laughs> oh yeah, hits the spot. So you, some would say. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we continue on. Like chapter five continues basically. And um, chapter two, yeah. Yeah. And I will uh, say as well. So now that we've dug, now we've mentioned kind of what the card flip is. I did have a look. All of the chapter names, for the most part, are named after different neuroscience terms. Yeah. So pay for so payphos is obviously is kind of. Uh, oh gosh, I did write this down. I'll be. I'll it's be as quick sad. As sadness. So payphos or... pay is basically emotional appeal. It's like the complaints of the soul, as Stoicism sure. calls it. Okay. Then trance is obvious. Is altered states of consciousness. Is disassociation. Entropy is your brain's connectivity and capacity for information. Now, the only one I couldn't find an answer for was the next chapter. And the chapter after that, I think both of them kind of drop this naming convention because, well, it kind of makes a bit more sense when we get to them, really, because of the contents of the story, really. Right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And oh, and dementia was another one of them. On dementia, of course. Yeah, which is, um, well, we know what dementia is. Um, So he calms his nerves and continues on. Um, Fucked up as it was, this was the experience of a lifetime. And then he clicks on (laughs) another TV tile and we get this adorable little frog man just kind of like opening yeah. and closing his mouth i would i just i just want to eat him up i think this is this is cute as oh, hell yeah, he, he's adorable <laughs> as hell <laughs> like, just, but i just i just love the fact that he says fucked up as it was this was these things of a lot like like he's just put sunglasses on after saying that like, it's like it's like the end of an 80s movie like he just you know learned he just beat the ski instructor in a downhill <laughs> race or something like that <laughs> He's like he's scared out of his mind, but he's like, yeah, but I pay for free. like he puts the power glove on and he turns on like Huey Lewis in the news and he's like, all right, I'm locked in. I'm locked Let's in. Let's see what else you got. I'm gonna play the. I'm gonna. I've you. You've made me mad. And as he slides the power glove. Off. <laughs> oh, now you've made me mad. Yeah, he puts the power glove on and he plays with the. Uh, it's like the hip to be square. Yeah, hip to be square yeah. starts playing in the background. <laughs> oh god um so basically he still has to use mothra and a new type of like maze chase level gets introduced where he's flying around these interesting levels with mothra which is like part of this is like if they were making this game now they would make it so that you would have to use certain characters on certain levels it wouldn't be like you could use whatever on whatever level because I feel like designers now would be like, "Oh no, this is this is a Mothra level where you." This is a Mothra, and again, and it, it, it looks a bit like an auto scroll or something like that. This level because it is just kind of like a little flying maze. But yeah, no, a hundred percent, it would be like, uh, yeah, I know that we're trying to tease this guy over his dead girlfriend, but I he needs to use a he needs to use Godzilla on this level. It's all about combat. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he continues through. There's there's some weird, and I feel like there 
there might be he sees these faces these big heads yeah these big heads that he says have the face that melissa was making when she died yeah a lot of big yeah she made a big eight-bit face she made a big eight-bit face when she died yeah it was a really sad moment Uh, but yeah, and it's, it's you know it's going through the it's going through the moth for maze, and yeah, more bosses are being thrown in as well, and yeah, like it, it it is kind of at this point you do kind of get a good grasp of how things are going. That being said, though, this does have like one of the not yeah, I guess scariest. It has got one of the most unsettling TV gifts in this to the point that. I'm actually kind of surprised it's still up on the on the fandom page because yeah. it's quite gnarly. It is gnarly. It's um basically this executioner uh hmm. with a with a I... mask on taking a giant sledgehammer and just crunching somebody's head open. Yeah, like that gave me like really big like. Splatterhouse vibes. I was about like, to say Splatterhouse. It it does have a lot of uh, it, it. It that's what I thought of when I first saw it. It's not clear. It's not the mask from Splatterhouse, but it it just gave me that. Oh yeah, this yeah would be something nice, from Splatterhouse. Like Splatterhouse has a boss which has like a hangman. Well, yeah, like a like the axeman's bag over his head, but I think he uses chainsaws. Also reminded me a little bit of Chiller, which mm. was this really old NES light gun game. I think it was an arcade game, which is genuinely a game that I can't look at a lot of footage of because I do find it so unsettling in regards to like it's these really grotesque ass, but because they're done in such a low bit style, like again, your mind kind of like fills in the details. And because there's such a mystery behind who developed it, it's like, oh, like. Was this made by a crazy person? <laughs> was this right. made by an extra murder? And yeah. again, and I think those are influences which all riff on what this story is doing, which sure. is, you know, the, the guy, the, the you know, the creator, he's paying homage. He knows his, uh, he, he knows, he knows, yeah, he, he knows his, uh, you know, his betters. He he's knows his, he knows his horror, he knows his horror references, definitely. 100%. Speaking of Splatterhouse, yes. it feels like we should get a there's there should be something new in the vein of Splatterhouse out there, right? Doesn't that doesn't that seem Yeah, no one's made a yeah, nobody's making good gnarly horror. So I think the kind of because most horror stuff that we get nowadays are like either they're kind of like alien isolation or they're like um you know, RPG maker style games where, you know, they start off one thing and then the horror element slowly creeps in. But Sure. Yeah, nobody makes gnarly, nasty, bloody games anymore. Yeah, like, Splatterhouse just gross. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a market for it. The 360 Splatterhouse was like, that's the last game I think that did it. And even then, that was just kind of, what if we did God of War, but it's a brawl? And it's, I don't know, I, I don't know, I want something a bit more. Because, like, again, Splatterhouse kind of had that weird quality to it of, like, it's Namco and they're kind of riffing on all these horror right. things, but there's that slight unsettling element to it because it's, you know, it's a TurboGrafx-16 game and the music is a little bit wonky and the graphics, you kind yeah. of have to fill in the gaps yourself. But right. uh, hey, if you're a fan of uh, Pixel and you listen to this episode and you can develop a game like that, 
uh, me and Kevin would very much appreciate We it. would love a new Splatterhouse style game. Doesn't have to be Splatterhouse. Don't break your back trying to get the uh, the license for Splatterhouse. Just give me call, give me something gross. Call it Blood Mansion. There Blood, we go. Blood Mansion, that is that sounds perfect, actually. I would play the hell out of Blood Mansion. Blood Mansion coming soon to Steam and Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yes, the 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 endless list of of independent games on Switch that you have to wade through. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, it'll be near the top though. It starts with a B. It starts with a B. That's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, basically, there's there's more mansiony or more mansiony, the mazy type Amazing. stuff. Um, and there's this interesting level where Mothra has to fly through the maze, but the light the light keeps going on and off and mm. when the lights are off the these raptor monsters start chasing you um so that's kind of a cool like yeah it's it's a cool uh gameplay element oh yeah uh, this guy was thinking like uh you know like the mario galaxy designers like how can we add a new twist that what what's a new what's a new twist he could introduce at this level in this game about torturing you regarding your past girlfriends yeah exactly um so uh yeah it and this motif kind of continues after beating mechagodzilla um oh mechagodzilla who turns into a very interesting sprite of essentially a little dog with a big man's face yeah it's basically um what is it uh invasion of the body snatchers yeah Uh, i was trying to put my finger on it because my (laughs) mind went to uh Mars attacks with uh, God. Is it is it the woman from Sex and this? Oh God, is it the actress from Sex and the City whose head is put on the chihuahua? Oh right, is it, I can't remember who it is, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like it's on the post of a Mars attacks because it's such like an iconic scene, despite the fact that it doesn't happen until like the last five minutes of the film. But yeah, like very invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, like a dog with a man's face. On yeah, it. yeah, that, yeah. That was what I was trying to remember. Yeah. But, so this is so what we're referencing is uh, from from the 1978 invasion of the body snatchers. Definitely worth worth watching. It's it's a it's a creepy body snatcher movie of which there have been there have been plenty of body snatcher type movies, but this one is oh. uh, this one has Donald Sutherland in it. It's uh, it and it's based on. I think it's it's more or less a from what I because I just listened to the. Uh, to an episode, uh, an Oops All Monsters episode on it. Um, mm. it. The 1978 movie is more based on the original book. Yeah, rather than being a remake of the 50s. Then as, a, as opposed to as, as a remake of the, of the 50s movie. So yeah, it's, um, it's worth checking out. Um, but yeah, so... Well, yeah. Uh, it continues through these mazes, uh, beats Mechagodzilla, and you said, as you mentioned, the whole dog human face dog body mecha godzilla form um mm. and then finally there's another run level big red he's back baby big red is big be- big red's back and he's all out of big red chewing gum <laughs> yeah he's all out of big red chew <laughs> he's here to have a flying form and chew bubble gum and he's all out of bubble gum he's all out of bubble gum and he's ready to chew on mothra instead uh, um, so it's just uh, it's another one of those maze levels that he 
kind of talks about going through and he he says he gets lucky finding the exit. And that's I was going to of- say, all the way through, and again, I don't want to keep dogging on it because, I mean, it's the same point, but it is written from the style of like, oh, if I don't do this, I don't know what will happen, or you need to do this, you need to make these level of jumps. But because he's such a pro gamer, nothing like he's always doing fine. Yeah. Which, it does diffuse the tension of the horror just a bit. He is, but, he is an amazing pro gamer. That's, I think that's the reason why Red hates him, is because he is such a pro gamer. He, yeah. He knows all the strats. He's, he, he's, got, an action re- he's got an action replay cart plugged into his end. <laughs> Maybe that's what monsters are coming from. He uh, put in the wrong action replay code. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. He wanted he's... infinite he, he wanted infinite air. But he, <laughs> getting in, he got infinite scares instead. Oh, there we go. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's why they had me on the dead. podcast. <laughs> oh, it's like that. Like, oh, you get the you get the evil switch. <laughs> Ah, there's your problem. You gotta switch to evil. There we go. Uh, That's this. That's this. Is it's the that crusty the clown doll, but as a video game, is is this creepy pasta? If you got a ghost in the NES cartridge, just use some isopropyl alcohol. Clean it right out. (laughs) Cleans it right out. You get a little Q-tip and a little isopropyl alcohol. You're fine. Yeah, nice. Get rid of all the ghosts. Um, so he gets, uh, in the next level in Extus, um, yes. he gets another new monster, uh, mm-hmm. who he is, sure the, does. he sure does. And he's the best monster ever. His name is Solomon. Yes. He can do everything. He's stronger than all the other monsters. He's like the Mary Sue of monsters, basically. <laughs> Not based on any previous Toho creature, I will say as well. Neither is red, but throughout the story, uh, it's cool, actually. Like, I had a look at Monster of Monsters, and essentially it's kind of like the Smash Brothers of its day, because it isn't just Godzilla stuff, it's also other Toho It's Yeah, it's all, movies, the, all the Toho monsters, yeah. Yeah, but then this one also adds a couple of new ones, too, which, you know, it adds Red, and it also adds Solomon, who, yeah, as you said, Solomon is, he's just the best. He, you know, he's the best guy for every situation. <laughs> He's the best guy for every situation. It's amazing because so he plays, he beats his first level as Solomon and <laughs> up pops this image of Solomon just kind of standing there looking at the camera and the grinning. caption yeah. grinning and the caption below says still the best 1973. And he writes in the story. I have no idea what still the best 1973 means. Neither the date nor the phrase has any meaning or significance to me that I can think of. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. <laughs> and it appears every time you beat a level with Solomon. With Solomon, yeah. <laughs> if, 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 do, do look out for this like if you google for it but keep in mind some people have edited the image so he's giving finger guns which (laughs) when i originally saw the image i thought he was doing that as well so i thought that was the right one but he he doesn't usually but yeah because he just essentially he's like a kind of a flying guy who's got like an almost like exposed skull for face so he's just always grinning (laughs) he's just having a great time still the best 1973 (laughs) I feel like that. I feel like somebody has to have had that on a T-shirt at some point. Like, oh, a hundred percent. Gotten yeah. a scan, like gotten blown up this this JPEG, 
and and put it on a t-shirt so there's some weird pyramid stuff that happens uh pyramid and native american stuff which is a little (laughs) weird to to throw in um it does have my favorite unintentionally funny image though in the entire creepypasta which is again it's solomon but it's Solomon in a lift, which just has the word lift on it. <laughs> it's just him standing still and just looking goofy as hell as he goes down in an elevator. Lift. <laughs> lift. Um, oh, God. And then he, uh, he, they, they continue fighting bosses. There's uh, Kumanga, Gorosaurus. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite TV screens is uh, just oh a, the faucet head faucet head yeah, <laughs> and he, and he says I don't think there was ever much reason behind the TV screens. If I was to guess, I'd say it's some random uncontrolled manifestation of the cartridge's abilities, or maybe it all makes perfect sense of the quote game. Like I just like the idea of this cartridge being this kind of like evil living entity, but it just likes putting in these memes. Just yeah. like fuck with him. <laughs> like, ooh, look at this. There's a man with a faucet for a head. Oh, aren't I evil? <laughs> there's a there's a beaver licking a lollipop. What do you think of that? Ooh, it's basically um the cartridge, uh the the sentience of the cartridge kind of switches between like just these terrible, horrific images like red, um over to basically David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. it basically, it has two modes, which is gaslight or shit post, and it kind of like, and it just vibrates violently between those two modes throughout the story, constantly keeping you on your toes. <laughs> The David S. Pumpkins thing is funny because yeah, because they do just kind of come out of nowhere to the point of even the protagonist of the story is like, "Why is this here? What does this mean?" And it's like, "I'm David Pumpkins. Any questions?" Yes, several. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Oh. So the the. This the sec- Exodus wraps up with another run level, but instead of instead of normal, he's basically walking through a graveyard and he sees a blue yeah. floating cyber angel type thing. Yeah, she looks like the the woman from Metropolis. Yeah, big old yeah. robot lady, big old robot lady, and then Red comes in and just eats her up, just gobbles her right up. Literally, like like a barmaris and a glizzy, just swallows it all. Right. It's not a good look. Not a good look. Just just sucks sucks it down. Um, <laughs> and so our protagonist says to the screen, "You're gonna pay." And then Red decides to make eye contact with us, the reader, and scream. Yeah, yeah. This is a lot of screenshots for somebody who is terrified. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say uh, you, you, the story does stretch disbelief at some points where it's like, I was so scared I couldn't move except I could still do control Windows S and take a screen grab. Right! <laughs> and also I couldn't get my head around this I assumed he was playing a haunted NES cartridge Right, he's supposed to be How is he be. playing it on his PC? Yeah 
that's the thing is like there's the way they got screenshots for the for for like an for an OG NES was mm-hmm. a uh, it's a really intricate setup in order to do that. Um, yeah, like he, like you'd have to have like a like a like a capture card in his PC or something. Yeah, you'd you'd have to run it through a capture card into the PC that uses like old S video or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Which seems like a seems like a pretty big jump to make when not to advocate for piracy or anything, but if he owned that cartridge from his friend Billy, he could just download the ROM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yar. Yar. <laughs> that isn't a that isn't a hot side of top tip, by the way. I'm not recommending to anybody to download ROMs for games they don't own. Especially haunted games. Do not download ROMs for haunted games. You don't know where they've been. Exactly. You don't know what they'll do to your PC. So or your Mac or, or, or Linux based systems. Or Actually, whatever you, know, you have. Linux based, if you got a Linux based system, I think you'll be alright. Yeah, you should be fine. I don't think a ghost gonna... a ghost doesn't understand um it wouldn't wouldn't be able to pass that key in Ghosts like, are what... Yeah, they're 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 a little bit more familiar with what they experienced in real life and nobody actually ever uses Linux systems, they just say they do. No, exactly. They, they say, yeah, this, uh, this hydroelectric dam runs on Linux, and it's like, okay, but that's not a computer I'm ever going to use. I use an, I- I use an iPad. I'm going to just haunt this iPad. I'm going to haunt this iPad over here until it gets recycled. Oh, <laughs> it starts out with, like, <laughs> this very melodramatic line. Uh, oh, God, yeah. And here we are at the final world. I don't like to discuss this part, and it still bothers me very much, but it's something I have to do so that I can put this behind me. People deserve to know. <laughs> if you've ever played this game before, you would be very surprised at this part, so I need to be up front with you. What happens next? <laughs> God. So, um... Yeah, it's a it's a very short level. Um, mm. Basically, there's 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 not that much to go through, and then there's uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Destroya and Ghidorah um, as the bosses at the end. Um, there is a that does start with a creepy quiz, though. Yeah, the quiz the the face is dead. The face is now melting and dying, and it just uh, says it's, it's it's recommending him the film Get Out. Which it's recommending weird, Get film, Out. It, which is weird, because that film came out in 2017. How, how would this game know about a film from that far ahead? <laughs> that's wild. So but I would yeah. have said yes to Get Out, though. I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> it says Get Out, and then it starts distorting, and it won't let him... Pick, yeah, and at this point, he's like, what the hell is going on? The game's behavior was scaring me, and I hadn't even started the levels yet, and it's like, there's I thought the penny you were... now drop for you. Did nothing in the previous <laughs> levels. Like <laughs> there was nothing there that had you like considering mm, this might be a bit much. It is it is is the big space saying get out. The, yeah, uh, that's a bit much. That was the that was the thing that really uh, tipped it in favor of being uh, scared. <laughs> that was the straw that broke Solomon's back. That being said, still the best nineteen seventy three. 
So there's a new monster now on the board. Um, oh, yeah. He tries to select it, and the game says no, and moves the monster off the board. <laughs> and then there's the last TV screen, which is basically just the oh yeah, it's a bit it's a bit body on in front of a fire or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's, nice. it's like Terminator Two Judgment Day, like yeah, <laughs> type of yeah. type of setup. You almost feel like the. The T-1000s are going to step on the skull or something like that. <laughs> it is. It's like the it's like the nightmare that uh, Sarah Connor's having. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's exactly that. Um, so there's uh, he gets into another temple level um, and this time he has to fight basically that angel, which is now red um, mm. uh, as like very, a mini boss. Very Contra-esque. This yeah. uh, final level. Like this is when I said earlier that there's a lot of Giga influence in here. Like all the enemies in this look like the Giga enemies from Contra. Pretty much. And like even the temple itself seems to be made out of like ground beef. Yeah. Which is uh, not a good look. Not a good look. Uh and one of the levels, the the all the the platforms are made out of the word kill. Yes. Which is fascinating uh fascinating choice another level is like yeah you were talking about the giger stuff it's like the the monsters m like melt to into each other and become one gigantic oh, monster yeah the, it, yeah like a big old lesion creature yeah yeah and then uh at one level it flashes up the word mother and then cuts to a pregnant alien with no eye sockets, well, just nothing but eye sockets, essentially, hung by, he says, intestines, but, I don't know, the NES uh, graphic style is a bit more like a big zipper, which, uh, yeah. not good luck. And then uh, and then a crow with a clown's face pops out of his belly <laughs> and attacks by shooting green, uh, laser, uh, gre green needles, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 imagery of the the thing, the mother hanging is like, oh, that's disturbing. And it's immediately offset by the clown faced crow. <laughs> and then also immediately like this is like a, this is these are upset in images, except the protagonist says it's also worth noting that all of them were considerably larger than Godzilla. And although the majority were not very intelligent, each of them took around 30 plus hits to kill. Due to this, it was a better idea to run away from the fight, but it was never clear exactly what direction to run to. Like the game facts voice comes back for <laughs> game. That. <back>. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> Did you know? Uh, I have I, I have taken a breakdown of these demonic creatures, and I would say that if you have this upgrade, it will take around twenty to thirty shots to kill. But other than that, <laughs> God. <laughs> Um, then there's like some, it, it, the monsters start getting weirdly like photorealistic. Um, Ooh, yeah, this, and this, when I mentioned Undertale earlier, that's what that reminded me of. Was yes. The final boss from that, which is, uh, I had a look on the wiki because I was going to call it this, and then it turns out this is the quote, not, this is the sort of official name that's been given, which is Photoshop Flowey. Mm. As in, it looks like a creature which is made out of, like, kit-bashed photos to create a monster, essentially, which was created by a guy... Um, the That design was created by a guy from something awful called Everdrade, who 
I tried, I wanted to make sure I got his name right, and I had to look him up, and the way that I found him was in such a bizarre way, which was, he had done a piece of art for something which was called Son of Strauka, Son of God, which was somebody had made a fantasy story by remixing pieces of Barack Obama's autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> If if you're listening to this at home, do find it out because it is such a it's a, it's actually quite cool. But they just took um uh, words of my father and just like rearranged the stuff that Obama was saying into making this like fantasy story about the creation of the world essentially. That's uh, nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh but anyways, the guy who created Photoshop Chloe made art for that. Uh, and that's what those creatures reminded me was um, yeah. yeah, very very Photoshop-esque essentially. Yeah. yeah. Definitely definitely has that flo- Photoshop Flowey vibe. Um uh-huh. Though also predates Flowey by several years. Um the um yeah, so just continue on there's a lot of weird monsters that that oh, yeah. pop up. There's like this weird, there's this gigantic hell beast that uh, he has to fight against, fight against that acts as a mini boss. Um, and then eventually um, comes up against uh, King Ghidorah, uh, which is the three headed like dragon. Yeah. Uh, mo- like if you've seen, you, like if you've seen pictures of the Godzilla monsters, this is one of the mo- more common ones that you'll see. Um, yeah. And then. King Ghidorah becomes Mecha King Ghidorah um, and Destroya, which is an interesting little um, enemy. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about Destroya, but it looks like it starts out as a um, it started out as like an embryo, basically. And yeah. each hit, it grows up. Mm. Um, no, it's, it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. The evolution, it's weird. There's, it's, it's a thing. It's like, it grows. It, that's, that's part of its, uh, that's part of its, uh, mystique is, is the, the growing. Um, but yeah, so those are like the, the bosses that they have to deal with. And then all that's yeah. left is the one last mask to deal with. Mm. Red, yeah. red is back. Magoo, Mr. Magoo, he's he's ready to ready to lay down the law. (laughs) He's ready to lay down the law. He starts taunting the protagonist, saying, "You pathetic worm! It's too late now. Only one will survive." And um, he starts feeling the pain every time one of the monsters gets hit. He feels it. The writer feels the pain. Yeah, and. Yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a classic. That's that a choice. Is a classic creepy pasta trope at this point. But it if is, you die in the game, you die in real life. Die for real. <laughs> I felt like Godzilla. My body was being burnt. Like I just imagined, because he was like, "Oh, there's there's points in the story where it's like I should have screamed, but I didn't. But I worried what my roommates would think, and it's like." <laughs> Yeah. Just like walk past this room, looking in, and it's just like, "What are you up to? <laughs> why, 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 why is your skin looking like that? Just, t- just turn off the game, bud. Just uh, unplug it. Come on, what are you up to? But now, at this point, this is the power of the game. It's got him completely under his grasp. The point that he is feeling Godzilla's pain. 
he is feeling Godzilla's pain and then also all the other monsters because it takes all of the monsters um, mm. to to fight through. And uh, <laughs> when he gets through fighting to Solomon, uh, Red and Solomon have an exchange where yeah, we get a bit of backstory, a little backstory. Solomon uh, was a, a was traitor agent of sorts. Yeah, he yeah. betrayed Red. He was him and Red were one's buddies, but not anymore. He has turned to the, I guess the good side. I mean, this probably is in nineteen. From, se- I would say nineteen seventy three is when Solomon turned turned to the good side. <laughs> is this story set in nineteen seventy three? It's speculative fiction about the NES. <laughs> God, um, yeah. So Solomon beats Red's final form, quote unquote, because then Red has another form where he has like 15 life bars. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has so many life bars. They go off the screen. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how hearty this guy is. So um, and this is where the story. Um, it gets a little less. Like, I would say a lot of the stuff preceding this is uh-huh. scarier than this moment because it becomes yeah, they, like an action movie. It escalates. Movie. It escalates uh-huh. way too much into cinema, good versus uh-huh. evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I almost, like, I don't think it had to be a cynical ending, but I do kind of wish it had maybe, like, this feels like the Avengers, this feels like the end of, like, an Avengers movie or something. <laughs> yeah, the theme is kicked wild. on. Um, yeah. Basically, Red starts saying, you can't win, Dr- Zachary. I've known you for a long time. I'll tell you tell you a secret. I killed Melissa. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How? How did an NES cartridge do that? How did that happen? <laughs> who is this demon where did he come from how does he know well how is he so tightly intertwined with zach and melissa is nuts yeah it is nuts um and then it's revealed so basically red kills all the monsters and then um the 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 angel thing pops up saying zach we don't have much time you already know me i am melissa it's true <sighs> even after death he tortures me if you can't stop him, he'll do the same to you. I can't fight Red, but there's one who can. I'll release him from Red's <laughs> grasp. Don't give up. I love you. Um, and the fifth monster, Acacius, which is just like... The, the Acacius of uh, Constantinople. It's an old biblical name. <laughs> which again, at this, the, the name of this chapter, of both chapters, is Zenith, which... At this point, like, has nothing to do with neuroscience. It is, I mean, Zenith is a pretty, I mean, it's another word for climax, essentially. Like, yep. it's pretty fitting for this, but. Yeah. It also sounds, yeah, it sounds very mytho- mythological and stuff like that as well. But, uh, yeah, Asatius of, uh, Asatius, he's, uh, he joins, he, he joins Super Smash Brothers. He's in the game now. <laughs> he got and, the envelope. Uh, <laughs> he did. He got the envelope. And, uh, oh boy. He's pretty OP. He's pretty OP. He basically just he just wipes uh red. Uh they it's like a it's a fight to the end. Um but you know who's gonna win? Red is destroyed by Asatius, and uh yeah. Um you have saved it's basically they're all together in the graveyard and they're yeah, including um, face. 
yeah. the little quiz face is, a, is there too. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> is he still like the angry face or is no, he like a smiley face? He's but, smiley. Oh. He's happy. He was saved. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the game ends with Melissa telling Zachary, you have saved us. We are forever grateful. We'll be together again someday. And then the title screen for Godzilla of Monster of Monsters pops up. Although it doesn't quite end there, does it? Because there is a... There's an epilogue, which, yeah. Which I don't. I didn't really have much to say about the epilogue other than the fact that I was hoping at this point that he might explain a little bit of... Yeah, this is an incredibly personal story to me that goes into grief and stuff like that, so... Why did I bother uploading it? And, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, uh, basically, he kind of... Um, oh, so Billy comes back as well, and he gives... He does chastise Billy a little bit, and he's like, uh... uh so did you know this NES cartridge was haunted? And he was Why like, did you give me a haunted game? <laughs> apparently... Uh, which I think is a bit shit on Zachary's part, because Billy, apparently, he's like, he's genuinely upset by it. He was like, yeah, I didn't actually mean to give you a haunted cartridge. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, He had got it from a, a friend of a friend that does trades with him. So I yeah. don't know, kind of leave stuff. You know, that friend of a friend could be like uh, Samuel Jackson at the end of the Avengers. Like, I'm putting together a team of... Uh, <laughs> People who can just who can destroy spooky NES uh, spooky yeah, Nintendo cats. The uh, cart busters. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be Zachary. It's going to be the Ben Drowned guy. Yep. It'll be um the Sonic EXE CD guy. Yeah, all of them are going to join forces to destroy the first person video. and the first person who discovered like Pallet Town was uh was oh yeah the <laughs> yeah the Pallet Town guy. He's going to be on it. As well. <laughs> Um, and they're all gonna and they're all gonna join forces to just destroy Polybius. The only <laughs> they're gonna find the only Polybius uh, cabinet in Portland, Oregon. Uh, so the uh, game, the story basically ends with this sage advice: uh, if you feel uh, as and if you feel as if the game is literally messing with your head, shut the damn thing shut off. The damn thing off. <laughs> That being said, though, there is a he does lay a little spooky thing in there, which is, damn it! Once that thought came into my head, I knew then I wouldn't be able to destroy it. So I just so he was going to take it to the beach and throw it in the water, knowing that that wouldn't do it. So ultimately, this is what he decides to do with cartridge. He sells the game on eBay. Mm. So that cartridge could still be out there ready to haunt you with this man's very specific form of grief. <laughs> and if you've read this story before, well, I mean, you're going to know all the tricks and tips now. You're going to know how many hit yeah, points I mean, all the monsters have. You, you know, know which ones take about 30, 20 to 30 hits. You know, it's... You, you know as well, when it says, um, do you like Mothra, you got to say yes, so you can keep all the monsters as exactly. well. So, exactly. Yeah. I think it would be yeah. funny if somebody else got it and like <laughs> somebody else turned it on and like there's like the Melissa ghost thing be like, oh hey, you're not Zach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
hello, I don't know who you are, but uh, hey, um, can I'm, I play I'm Monster of Monsters now? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give you Arceus, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> they just do like a really old fashioned camcorder LP for it as well, but it's like. Like, they're doing, like, an AVGN thing where they just continue to turn to camera and it's just like, what the hell is this bullshit? This game sucks. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's the end of the story, so what would you think of it overall? I genuinely do like it. Like, yeah. I was... Like, I was, like, kind of poking holes at it from kind of a point of being, like, a, you know, following a lot of creepypasta tropes, but of them, it does really like it it is kind of a cut above the rest of them and the main elements i will say is the fact that a lot of it isn't left to the imagination like it well actually that's the thing it uses a lot of screenshots to support stuff all the way through but it totally leans into that kind of element of kind of creepy nes horror games where there's yeah. not really enough detail in any of the graphics so your mind kind of fills in the blanks even with a lot of the high res stuff but even when you kind of get to that point it's just like, it flips the other way of, like, they're high quality enough that they are just genuinely unsettling to look at. Right. Which is quite fun. Yeah. Um. Again, I keep ragging on, like, you know, the game fact stuff, but that stuff does genuinely work. It does work, it is, yeah. It's kind of... It's tricking you into thinking it's going to be one thing, and then, slap bam, the horror elements come in. And right. it throws you as much for a loop as it does... Like, it's better at throwing the audience for a loop than it does the, quote, protagonist. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just really well done. Yeah. And although it is lengthy, I would say it is that length does justify itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it does, it, it works on a lot of levels. It, it works, it, it, I would say it doesn't work on some levels that probably could have been resolved in, um, I get the feeling that this story was not written all at once. It was it, like, as you said, it was like the first one was published in April and the last part of it was published in like December or something like that. Yeah. So like I, it was kind of, yeah, yeah. Like the guy probably had an idea in his head of that's the one thing I would love to know. And I'd love to kind of dig in a bit more of how it was written in regards to, did they start with monster and monsters and then go from there? Or did they start with this idea of, you know, the Colombo thing of this is technically, this is the solution to the mystery. This is the explanation for why it's being haunted. Right. And then I work backwards from there and we figure out how to get to that because it does just, everything just kind of, it just slots together so tightly, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But yeah, as you said, it's that kind of serialized nature of it, which does take a lot of steam out of it. Because yeah, the quality changes a lot between right. chapters, and even more than that, um, I was looking and like this was written for a contest as oh, well okay. that they were running on that forum. So I wonder as well whether it was a thing of, well, I know that I have to deliver it by these certain dates, and maybe he was working within a restriction as well, so he sure. knew that. Um, maybe this can't be like the most but then i guess that's the thing in it is that like you know you aim for perfect and you may never finish things but you aim for good enough and at least you have right. something so and i would say even as a good enough this is still like especially in the genre that it's in of this kind of crowdsourced horror it is definitely punching above its weight exactly yeah i agree mm. i agree well james 
Thank you so much for being on Pixelit. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you and what you're working on and all that fun stuff? Absolutely. Hi, everybody. My name is James. You may know me better as Hot Cider. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, H-O-T-C-Y-D-E-R. Uh, I make, uh, as was mentioned at the beginning of the uh, podcast, yeah, I make a lot of thumbnails for a lot of YouTube people, but I also make my own thumbnails for my own YouTube videos, which... Uh, I've been keeping, I don't know, I've been keeping a pretty steady schedule of that at the moment. Yeah, you have. Hopefully by the time this uh, podcast comes out, I haven't like abandoned the channel or anything. <laughs> to the point that even uh, the la- um, one of the last videos I put out, which was covering Deathloop, had a, a certain familiar podcasting voice in it. It sure did. <laughs> which you may also have heard of in a, in a, well, it's not really a rival podcast. It's more of a complimentary podcast that I do called uh, Questing Show, which is yeah. a... Uh, Tippertop cast that uh, uh, Kev has been on, and we're hoping to have him back in the next year as well. But yep. uh, yeah, if you're interested in anything that I'm working on, uh, get Twitter is the best place to find me. And uh, yeah, hopefully I got some exciting stuff coming soon. Maybe even something for Halloween, but I'm not promising anything yet. Ooh, awesome, awesome. Well. Uh, that'll do it for today's episode. Uh, you all know the drill by now. Please follow us on Twitter at PixelitPod. Rate us five stars on iTunes. Share, share, share uh, with your friends, family, uh, even even your enemies. I mean, I wouldn't mind if you shared us <laughs> with your enemies. It wouldn't it, like they can they can enjoy quality podcasts as well. Uh, and that'll do it. My name is Kevin, and you have been listening to the Pixelit Podcast. <laughs>